Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. Now, we all remember the, breath, the breathless headlines circa 2006, Hummer greener than the Prius, and while that particular claim had since been debunked, it did highlight the need to factor in the total environmental impact of any given vehicle from tailpipe emissions to manufacturing and even the true cost of charging hybrid and electric vehicles. We love tossing around terms like zero emission, clean energy, and carbon neutral, but to borrow a cliche, there's no such thing as a free lunch, even for something as innocuous as an electric scooter, which is where today's guest comes in. Josh Frisbee is the founder of Electric Scooter Insider, and he's done some fascinating research on micromobility, alternative energy, and, of course, electric scooters. So, Josh, welcome aboard, and I got the impression from your site that you're fully in favor of alternative energy and electric scooters in particular, but that you wanted to tell the whole story and go about your reviews and research objectively. Well, you know, would you say that's a fair assessment? You know, what's your goal with uh, Electric Scooter Insider? Hey, yeah, thank you for uh, having me, first of all. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely correct. I do really advocate for alternative energy and especially electric scooters. I, I suppose really with, with the research, I really tried to conduct extensive research studies into that micromobility industry that will, that will uncover those interesting insights and then kind of spark debate and really with the aim of increasing exposure of kind of electric scooters to the, to the general public and same goes with the kind of reviews and recommendations that we do. Everything is done from using kind of qualitative data. But overall, the, the main goal for Electric Scooter Insider is to, to really be that leading authority for electric scooter advice and to, to really help shape the future landscape of micromobility going forward. Right, right. And now you claim on your site that electric scooters contributed over 9,000 tons of CO2 in 2018. And while that's 59% less per mile than the average car. It's still a lot more than the average person might suspect. So what's that CO2 figure include exactly since it, you know, obviously goes well beyond tailpipe emissions? Yes, I think it's maybe important for me to give a bit of um, background information on that. So what I did was mm -hmm. I calculated the, the CO2 per kilowatt hour. So that was the emission factor for delivered electricity. And then what I've done is I've combined that with the time needed to charge an electric scooter to travel one mile. And that, that revealed um, the kind of CO2 that is released per mile. And that, that actually comes to about 146 grams of CO2 uh, for every mile traveled on an electric scooter as a direct result of, of charging it. So then what we do is we, we kind of take that figure and then we multiply that figure by the total miles that were traveled um, on electric scooters in, 20, in 2018. And the National Association of City Transportation officials revealed that there were 84 million trips on shared micromobility in 2018. 38.5 million of those were from electric scooters. And on average, because electric scooters and the shared electric scooters are kind of a last mile alternative, the average uh, journey of, of a trip on there is 1.5 miles. So combining those two figures in terms of the 38.5 million trips taken and the average trip distance, that gives around a 57, uh, kind of 57 million mile uh, trip there for 2018. And you combine that with the grams that are released from the CO2 per mile and that, that, that equates 
to it's quite staggering really but again over 9,000 tons of CO2 which is actually equivalent to the energy use of an average house of 650 years um, which, which seems uh, unbelievable but you made a good point around kind of um, it, it, it might be higher it might be might be higher than uh, what you would expect um, but it is still a lot more um, let's say fuel efficient than uh, cars for instance mm-hmm. now at the risk of being redundant when you're computing the co2 per mile how much do you consider uh, the source of the electricity you know for example whether it's from a coal-fired power plant or something cleaner yeah, exactly, and I think that's a, a really good point and a, something to really consider with the research. So this this study actually used an average CO2 per kilowatt hour emission, and that was worked out from data gathered from the United States Environmental Protection Agency. So that includes kind of all um, electricity generation, so it's an average. Um, but really, if you kind of take a look at the state of the U.S. and electricity generation in, in 2018, fossil fuels accounted for the majority of it, so around 63%. So that's played a significant role in that CO2 per mile emission factor. But actually using electric scooters and charging them um, is really dependent on, on the sources that you use, right? So. At the, at the time being in the U.S., is only about 17% of all electricity generation comes from renewable sources. But actually taking um, kind of a look at your, the energy that you're using and understanding if it comes from environmental um, areas or su- sustainable uh, methods is going to be crucial for kind of this industry going forward to ensure that that CO2 per mile figure is, is reduced. Right. Now, we, we've talked about micromobility a, a tad, but uh, what kind of impact, you know, financial or otherwise, has shared micromobility had on traditional transportation and, and fossil fuel companies? You know, first off, for those who don't know, what is shared micromobility? Yeah, so shared micromobility is really a collection of three transport, transportation devices. So you've got your shared electric scooters, there's dockless bikes and station-based bikes. So when we talk about shared, shared kind of micromobility, what we're referring to is those kind of uh, transportation devices that can be rented and dropped off without owning them. Mm-hmm. And in, in terms of your, your kind of previous question, I suppose really it's too early to tell the to tell kind of what the financial impact would be, but we kind of did a, a study to understand what it could look like or what it could have been. So I actually calculated that fossil fuel companies could have lost nine to actually just shy of $20 million to shared micromobility, and that is as a direct result of fuel, fewer gasoline sales. So what we're saying there is that, so there were 84 million trips taken on shared micromobility in 2018 and what we're doing is we are assuming our theory is that they took those trips on shared micromobility instead of taking them on traditional transport means such as in cars or in ubers etc which need gasoline to be powered so really looking at electric scooters would actually be responsible for around 6.5 million dollar loss to those fossil fuel companies and i suppose 
the the impact of this going forward in terms of financially it's kind of yet to be seen but for those kind of um, companies like uber lyft and those other uh, similar transportation methods it's going to be quite interesting to see how how they affect the profits of those ride hailing services going forward Mm -hmm. Well, um, Josh, I, I really appreciate your time today, but before I let you go, I, I want to give you a chance to get on your soapbox if, if you'd like. So what, um, what are some of the biggest pros and cons uh, for electric scooters as a viable form of daily transport, and, and what can state and local governments and industry do to promote them and micromobility in general? Sure. So, so those are the benefits you've when we talk about electric scooters, obviously you've got your shared ones and then you've got ones that you own. So in terms of shared, they're great for a last mile alternative. They're kind of widely available. I think there's like 85,000 of them in the streets in the US. Obviously you can pick them up, find them really easily for in exchange for kind of a, a few dollars. Um, and then also the, the appeal of them being dockless. You can pick it up, go to work, leave it. You don't have to worry about it. In terms of actually owning your own electric scooter, they're, they're extremely cheap. They're extremely cheap to kind of maintain. So an example could be, let's say, California, because everyone's riding them in California. So if you were to own an electric scooter in California, I, I won't mention the brand because I don't want to necessarily promote it here for anyone that's listening, but let's say that this, this electric scooter takes seven hours to charge and it can do 28 miles. If you have a look at how much um, electricity is in, in California by the hour, and times that by the seven hours to charge the battery fully. You can have an electric scooter that's ready to go for about $1.30. And also they're, they're really good fun to ride. Um, in terms of kind of the cons, I'd say, especially for your own electric scooter, if, you, if you're looking to invest in that, there is quite a high initial cost, but from the benefits of being extremely cheap, it kind of outweighs the cost going forward. Um, in terms of your uh, second question there about what kind of state and local governments can do to promote them, I think the first thing is to do with regulation. I think there's a right way and wrong way to do this. The wrong way is to kind of slap on uh, bans on electric scooters, and the right way is to um, kind of publish regulations around safety. So, for example, they, they must be ridden in, say, bicycle lanes. You must wear a helmet. Really, to get those safety requirements established um, and then from there the the kind of local governments can then promote them further so an example of that could be if we take for example electric vehicles there's a lot of kind of charging points that can be installed for electric vehicles at the minute but not necessarily for electric scooters so that's something that could help to promote them understandable well, again, thanks for all the great information, Josh. Uh, on behalf of PSD, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in.